1: You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
4: The Coin Bureau podcast is a production of iHeartRadio.
5: Guy. Mike. What on earth is happening?
4: It's tough out there. It's well, tough out there. Where,
5: where is, where is my money? Why does my portfolio
4: look? Very red. Mm. There's a lot of red. There's blood in the streets, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to the Coin Bureau podcast. This is a change to our scheduled program. programming. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you, as you may have noticed, the crypto market is, um, is having a bit of a tough time at mm. the moment. So I thought uh, Mike and I would get together and talk about why that is happening. So stay tuned. Okay, Mike, yeah, it's it's not looking good. Uh, The crypto market has absolutely tanked the last few days. Now, I just want to put a little bit of context into this because this is a very kind of fast moving state of affairs at the moment. So we're recording this on Tuesday, the 10th of May. And yeah, the situation in the crypto market has got kind of markedly worse overnight. And I'll go into the specific kind of reason for that uh, a little later on. Um, But I just want to talk about there are quite a few, there are quite a number of factors basically weighing on the crypto markets at the moment, uh, which are keeping prices down. And I thought we'd just kind of discuss a few of those now. Um, A few, most of them are kind of macro factors. So, you know, kind of uh, factors from the global economy and then there are a few crypto specific ones as well. Okay. So, I thought I'd just talk you through and try and give you a little bit of reassurance because I think in situations like this it's although understanding is half of the half
5: of the panic because it, you know there are so many factors that can influence things and if you have like a an understanding of why then it it makes more sense and you can understand you can see potentially where things can get better or or where maybe it can get worse before it gets better.
4: Yeah, you got it. Exactly. Yeah, it's um it's situations like this. Sometimes it's just good to have some answers. It doesn't yeah. necessarily make the situation any better, but
5: just just tell
4: me the answers. What where's my money going? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into it. And I should say, folks, that none of the following is financial advice. All right? Okay. Good. Okay. So What's happening? Let's just quickly sketch out the situation. So as we stand at the moment, Bitcoin is down over 50% from its all-time high. Now, that was in November uh, last year. Uh, That was was when it peaked just around $69,000. It's now kicking around kind of the $30,000 mark. Mm. It's not good. And less than a week ago, it was around $40,000. So... Yeah, it's a pretty precipitous slide. It's kind of gathered pace over the last few days. And it's not just Bitcoin. Basically, all cryptos have been posting big, big losses. Now, the talk in the crypto community is that we are now in a bear market, that Mm. the bull market has come to an end. Now, this is kind of up for debate. It is becoming, it is admittedly becoming harder and harder to say that we're not in a bear market. It's certainly beginning to look very, very bearish out there. But I don't really want to get too far into that today because that can be a bit of a rabbit hole. Basically, lots of people, probably most people, I would hazard a guess at saying, are deep in the red. And I want to also say that this is a problem that we're seeing in other markets as well. Stock markets are getting absolutely hammered too, and particularly tech stocks. Uh, now, this is relevant because we have been seeing recently a very strong correlation between Bitcoin and tech stocks. And some people are sort of going as far to say that Bitcoin is kind of a tech stock in in, in a weird way. So, yeah, Bitcoin, uh, So there is this correlation in the markets. And, yeah, it's not just crypto that's getting hammered. But, of course, because this is crypto. Um, it's getting the headlines. Well, it's. It, it it's kind of suffering more basically you know stock market a, a bad a bad day in the stock market might be a you know sort of a two to four percent dip or something oh i see like that. yeah but
5: because of the swings are yeah. are a lot more uh extreme
4: crypto is way more volatile so two to four percent in a day for crypto is, is nothing is small is small beer um but yeah it's uh we are seeing we're seeing double digit percentage drops you know on on the hour charts in some cases mm. in, in crypto at the moment so now, there are a few reasons causing this. As I said, the first one and the biggest is COVID. OK, now, I think the perception is certainly here in the UK and I think elsewhere across the world, a lot of people are kind of thinking that COVID is, is behind us mm. that we've kind of moved on from that. Well, it ain't. Uh, we are still officially in a pandemic. Uh, the, the World Health Organization has not come out and said otherwise. So COVID is still very, very much with us. But this, this current situation that we're seeing is kind of more, I think, the bill for COVID basically coming yeah. in. Now, you may remember that when everything went into lockdown in March 2020 and, you know, the, it was all looking a bit apocalyptic and stocks and crypto crashed then as well. Basically, uh, central banks around the world stepped in. Uh, because the economy was, you know, the world economy was basically grinding to a halt. So what the central banks and particularly, uh, particularly pertinently the Federal Reserve, the central bank of the US of A, what they did was basically inject money into the system in order to in order to keep businesses and and individuals afloat. Mm. Uh, and, you know, you'll remember here in, here in the UK, people were getting kind of COVID loans to make up for lost pay. Uh, businesses were getting COVID loans, and that was the case in most countries, I think, certainly most developed countries. So money was basically pumped into the system to keep everyone afloat. Now, what this has meant is inflation, mm. because if you increase the money supply... You the value know, of it decreases. The value of it decreases. And we are now seeing a 40-year high in inflation in the United States and elsewhere. Now, inflation in the, the official figure for inflation in the U.S. is 8.5%. But it's higher. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. And uh, I think uh, the, the Bank of England came out the other day and, and said we're around 10% here. And it's it's much, much higher in other countries as well. So inflation is running hot. So what this means is obviously prices are going up. Um, money is becoming less valuable. And the Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world, they have to act to try and tame this inflation. I mean, the Federal Reserve basically has a dual mandate. It has to keep inflation under control. And by under control, I think that the kind of the agreed upon figure awful. is around 2% oh, per year. It? Yeah, that's that's generally seen as as a good rate of inflation, and some people would argue that we, you know, we need inflation, um, and a little bit of inflation can be can be healthy, can can stimulate growth. Uh, but but yeah, basically they've got to try and get it down, and the the only real weapon they have in their arsenal to do this is to raise interest okay. rates. Yeah. Now, interest rates for the past few years have been. Li- have been virtually twenty-five nothing. years, isn't it? Well, they've been low for a long time, but especially over the past few years. I mean, in some cases, they've been at zero. So what this has meant, what this has meant, is that borrowing money has become very, very cheap because you know there's, there's little, or in some cases, no interest to pay on it. So lots of people, lots of companies, lots of industries have across the world have borrowed a lot of money because. It made financial sense, you know, if it's cheap to borrow, you borrow, because that, that way you can fund growth. And governments have as well. I mean, the U.S. government has borrowed. Basically, there is a lot of debt sloshing around the system. And if interest rates go up, which they kind of have to, then that debt suddenly becomes a lot more expensive to service. And so the Federal Reserve are in – and I talk about the Federal Reserve because basically, obviously, America is the world's largest economy. And what happens in America kind of ripples out through the rest of the world. So the Federal Reserve, whether we like it or not, its decisions are relevant to to us all. So the Federal Reserve is in this really tricky situation. It has to tame inflation. It kind of has to raise interest rates. But at the same time, it knows that if it raises rates too high or too fast or both, then it's going to really kill the economy. It's going to tank the economy. Yeah. And um, the the um, the uh, the example that I used the other day in a video was it's it's a bit like trying to kind of land a jumbo jet on an aircraft carrier. You know, it's very or as a um, or a bit like being a one legged man as an ass kicking contest. (laughs) You know, you're in a very you're in a very you're in a kind of impossible position. So, um, yeah, so and what happens when interest rates start going up and when people are are looking at having to pay back their debts, you know, having to having more expensive debts, they have to they have to free up cash. They have to free up liquidity. So they start selling out of riskier assets and the assets that kind of fall into the risky bucket are things like stocks and, of course, crypto. crypto is, you know, arguably seen as one of the riskiest assets out there and so this could be to free up capital to you know to pay off debts or it could be to free up capital to move into what are seen as safer assets things like long-term bonds and gold things like that but obviously when this sell-off starts when the when people start selling assets that means the price goes down and this is what we're seeing in crypto at a, at the moment a lot of people are going i i got to get money from somewhere i need to i need to start selling and I guess to anyone who's maybe just got into crypto in the last year or so and are seeing their portfolio right down, you know, they're seeing great big losses, this can seem pretty nonsensical. Like, why would you sell at a loss? And I think there are a couple of things to consider here. Firstly, you might not have any choice. You know, you, you, might, just, you might just have to take what money you can off the table um, in order to allocate it to, to more important to more important things. I mean, let's face it, some people, people have got to eat, you know, people mortgages, have got mortgages, yeah, people have got to meet their mortgage payments and things like that. So a lot of people may have no choice to sell at a loss. And a lot of other people will actually still be in profit because, you know, Bitcoin, in it's in a, a lot
5: earlier than, yeah, than, than you know, year.
4: yeah. I mean, uh, the top of the last uh, bull market in sort of late 2017, early 2018, 1920, Bi- yeah, for Bitcoin was just shy of 20k. So, you know, even anyone who bought at the top of the last bull market will still be in profit now. So I'm sure there are lots of people who are going, well, I kind of wish I'd sold at 60. 60K, but I've got to take some money off the table. So I'm still going to bank a, you know, still going to bank a, a, a healthy profit.
5: But also straight after that, that uh, 19, 1920 k market, it dropped to five. It did. It did. It plummeted. So, um, we've been here before, yes, not quite the same uh situation, obviously. That was more China related, wasn't it?
4: Yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. And um, at that point, sort of China came out with a lot of kind of anti-crypto legislation. You know, it really moved against crypto in a big way. And that kind of exacerbated what was already And this time China came out with something else. (laughs) Well, we haven't heard anything from China yet. Um, Someone pointed out there was a very good video um, by uh, the folks over at The Defiant, which is a a YouTube channel that I follow a lot. And they kind of finished that up by saying all this kind of needs now is for some bad news to come out out of China so you know let's see let's let's hope China pipes down we 're going to talk about China in, in a minute actually but um now going back to interest rates basically last week the Fed raised interest rates by fif- uh, fifty basis points basically half a percent which not massive is not massive it might not seem like much but that is the biggest interest rate hike in twenty years so it is. It is a lot. And bear in mind, um, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of base rate. You know, this is this the the rate of the in- interest rates in the U.S. are now at 0.75 percent, 75 basis points, which, again, doesn't seem like a lot. But bear in mind, I- the uh, if you're getting a loan from a bank or anything like that or a mortgage, it's going to be higher you know you won't get it at the Mm. actual rate of inflation the banks will add at least you know a couple of percent on that's that's how they make their money that's their spread so this is going to be felt by by the consumer by the by the man and woman in the street and there are almost certainly going to be more rate hikes on the cards uh, because i don't think anyone even the most optimistic of people believe that having interest interest rates at less than a percent is going to do anything to tame 8.5% inflation no so we are going to see more rate hikes on the cards and uh, over the course of the year now as yeah as i said the fed and this is the fed's mandate this is what the fed has to do to keep inflation under control and actually yesterday on uh, on monday the 4th of uh, sorry monday the uh, 9th of may um Uh, Joe Biden, US President, uh, came out and stated that my top priority is fighting inflation. Now, what this suggests is that inflation is not getting any lower. And all eyes are kind of on what happens tomorrow, on Wednesday, the 11th of May, when the CPI figures come out in the US. Now, if these are higher than expected, this means inflation is running higher than expected, and that is more bad news. So, I'm afraid yeah I think there's a fairly good chance uh that we are going to have to yeah inflation is going to be declared higher again and this is probably going to increase calls for rises in interest rates basically it ain't getting better anytime soon uh, by the way if anyone has tuned in for uh, good news I'm afraid there's not <laughs> there's not a lot of it about um but anyway let's uh, let's move on so yeah if interest rates Rise too quickly, um then the world will go into a recession again if the u s goes into a recession, the world follows well we're the gonna- u k basically has m- murmured that we're in we're going into recession yeah, the bank of England is making those is making those noises now, and which is basically going to make us
5: go into a recession
4: because Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually, because, yeah, I mean, if this – announcements like that spook the markets, you know, and and the markets are all about confidence. So, yeah, if investors investors see something like that from the Bank of England, they go, oh, yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you like. But, I mean, I think, again, only the most hopeless optimist, I think, would be looking at the current situation and going, "Eh, maybe we can – Maybe we can survive maybe we can get by without a recession now that the interestingly the definition of a recession is two consecutive months of um, of negative GDP gross domestic product now we've already had one in the US last month uh, the last month the US saw a decline in GDP and yeah if this if this month sees the same it's official we're in a recession we'll talk about we'll talk about recession in in a little bit Um Basically, as I said, as I said a few minutes ago, we are getting the bill for all the money printing that went on during 2020 and 2021. And if you'll remember that that period saw a huge boom in markets, crypto boomed, the stock market boomed. You know, we saw things like Tesla, Tesla shares going to absolutely insane valuations all the time while the economy was underperforming because people were stuck at home and and there were all sorts of other issues that Covid was causing. Uh, And. Basically, that's a party that that could never that could never last. Mm. So we are and en- we are entering severe hangover territory here. The money tap is basically being turned off. Mm. So yeah, it basically this is this is a result of COVID, and I think we should remember as well that COVID is not gone. Is not gone, and uh, this is particularly relevant to China. Which, we may be bored of it. <laughs> yeah, we may be really really sick of it. You know, we may. But Shanghai is on lockdown, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I wanted to, that's what I meant, wanted to mention next. Yeah, China is basically pursuing a, a zero-COVID policy at the moment. It's trying to eradicate it completely. And what this means is really strict lockdowns. And Shanghai has been locked down for weeks now. And what this is doing is causing absolute havoc with manufacturing. Remember, China basically makes everything. Um this so we're seeing we're seeing factories shut down. We're seeing ports being closed. We're seeing truckers getting goods from the factories to the ports. They're being quarantined. And yeah, basically, this is playing absolute havoc with global supply chains. Now, global supply chains have been in a mess throughout COVID because obviously, you know, this this same thing has been been going on for a while now, you know. So global trade has been really badly affected. And we're now seeing, you know, because so much of China is is shutting down, Shanghai is a massive port. So goods aren't getting out of there. They're not getting in. And this is this is again. Supply chain issues. Yeah. So again, prices are going up. This is this is adding to to inflation. Inflating it. Yeah. It's not looking good. So we've got this factor weighing on the global economy as well. Basically, everything that we've talked about for the past few minutes is is COVID related. Mm. So any sense that we are shot of COVID, however bored we are of it, I'm afraid is 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 misplaced it COVID.
5: Yeah, is thrown on top of that, like a, a small war, which is uh, influencing sort of, yeah, uh, European uh, power. Yeah, uh, gas and, and oil prices.
4: Let's well, I'm is that coming back. Let's take it. Let's take a quick break to digest that lot of bad news before we get into the other bad the news.
5: Point, the main course.
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T fiber live like a Gagillionaire available wherever you get your podcast limited availability in select areas visit at and slash hypergig for details this is
1: it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global when you come back with a Purdue Global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect Purdue's online university for working adults you know you're worth it we do too so don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu
6: i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico
4: Just before the break, you, you mentioned the war in Ukraine. Yes. This is another, another reason why the global economy is wobbling. And, I mean, there are, it, doesn't take, it doesn't take an economist to work out why. But, uh, you know, let's kind of dig into it a little bit. So I think, firstly, these sanctions that have been uh, leveled against Russia, these are causing energy prices to soar now especially in Europe but these sorts of the, because because the global economy is so interconnected and just because energy prices go up in Europe it doesn't mean that that's not going to ripple out so energy prices are are creeping up worldwide but they're seeing it in America and they got gas prices are yeah so, and they're a big producer yeah russia is a is a major is a major producer of 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 gas and oil as well and because they because it's no longer being able able to export so much as it some people still did. need that so they
5: they're looking at other yeah. other other sellers
4: yeah so yeah gas prices petrol prices are, are going up and around the world and now this is obviously terrible for Consumers, and a lot of the talk at the moment here in the UK is around kind of cost of living and and fuel poverty and and things like that. And basically, yeah, people we're already seeing people being unable to afford to heat their homes. And I think one of the most just one of the bleakest things I've heard in a long time was that um, food banks, which have become you know just a, a common sight here in the UK in the past in the past decade, people are turning turning down. Things like pasta, because it's too expensive. They can't afford to heat. They can't afford to heat up a pan to cook it. They can't afford to boil the kettle. It's just, just. I mean, yeah, it's it's terrible. And you can, I mean, it 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 just it, you can imagine what it's like, isn't it? People people can't afford to heat their homes. They're having to go without on on so many fronts. And so this is terrible for the consumer. But it's also really bad for industry as well because industry needs power. It needs gas. It needs petrol for transportation and things like that. So industrial costs are creeping up as well. Add to this, Russia is a big exporter of, of other commodities, precious metals, things like that. Um, you know, metals used in all, all sorts of construction. So commodity prices are also going up. Uh, raw materials are costing more. Production costs are going up. So this means prices for the goods that these things are used to make. Cost of go living up. goes
5: up. Therefore, cost of, of manpower goes up.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Everything is just everything. Prices are just going up everywhere. And of to course, quote Yaz. The only way is up. The only way is up, but yeah, in a lot sort of... In a, yeah. in a less cheery in, way. In a less optimistic way, yeah. And if that wasn't bad enough, Ukraine and Russia also produce a lot of the world's grain and other essential foodstuffs. I think things like sunflower oil. The the, the uh, Ukraine is a big, I think maybe even the biggest single producer of sunflower oil. Yeah. The,
5: this may not be as relevant to some of the American listeners, but there was talks about fish and chip shops not being able to cook fish that's a big deal in in England
4: I think I think that could very well precipitate a complete collapse yes. in in British society
5: that's what's going to cause the riots if I can't have my fish and chips for breakfast
4: that will be the final straw won't it yeah so yeah we've got we've got food prices going up as well adding to adding to the cost of living now how do we circle back and tie this into crypto well everyone is is worse off. Everyone is getting poorer, which means uh on, on a retail trader front, you know, people like you and me, we're going to we have less money to invest, so we're not going to buy, uh th- we're not going to buy as much stocks, as much crypto, you know, these riskier assets. So there's going to be there's going to be less money flooding into those sorts of markets, and again, a lot of people will be looking at these rising costs and go. I need to sell I need mm. to sell this this Bitcoin or I need to sell these shares in order to in order to live so yeah this is these are these are kind of the results of of what 's happening in Ukraine, and of course w- something that puts all of the, kind of puts this into a lot of perspective is we 've got a humanitarian crisis unfolding yeah. there as well, which is way more serious than than you know a few investors being out of pocket but somehow money is going to be is going to have to be found to to care for these people to you know to keep them alive and eventually at some point in the future to try and to try and rehome them Um, to say nothing of what's going to have to be spent to to rebuild ukraine after the war but i mean in that in that sense that this war is is i think everyone is now pretty much resigned to the fact that it's going to go on for a long long time i mean i i I can't see it ending anytime soon because I think Putin has, you know, he's, it's been a disaster for Russia, but can Putin afford to pull back, you know, yeah. he's been, he's can you had his, his face. Yeah. He's had his ass handed to him. But, you know, if if he was to retreat, I think that would, that could, you know, destabilize him. So there doesn't seem to be, and Ukraine is not going to lay down its arms anytime soon so what we're looking at is a kind of protracted war i think probably in the east of ukraine which is just going to suck in people and resources and money and hope. Yeah, and hope yeah and and that's a good point because i mean this war has sown a massive amount of uncertainty and fear and it's these are not factors these are not um Things that contribute to to a good environment to investing, they don't contribute to investor confidence. Mm. Um, And the markets markets hate uncertainty, you know. And actually, what was what was kind of weird was uh, sometimes when these disasters happen, like there was a lot of uncertainty before the war. Do you remember sort of uh, in the uh, uh, in January and kind of early February of this year when um, everyone could see that there were Russian forces kind of massing a- along the border? There was a lot of uncertainty. Then Russia went in. And obviously, you know, you saw a, a great big tumble in, in prices of assets then. But then weirdly, they kind of ticked back up again because... People were like, oh, it's probably not going to be... Well, I think people were more like, this thing that we were worried about and that we were, you know, pretty sure was going to happen. It's happened. You know, it kind of restored some certainty to the markets. It's it's a very strange thing, but you mm. you see it time and again, and often in crypto. Sometimes we we saw this with this uh, interest rate rise last week. Now everyone was expecting a fifty basis point hike, and we got it. And there was this brief kind of spike where everyone went, "Oh, that's what we expected. We priced that in." Um, and so yeah, you saw this weird kind of bounce which then yeah and then everyone <laughs> the hangover set in bounce was off like a cliff. <laughs> yeah, everyone was sort of like, oh yeah, hang on, this is terrible news. So yeah. So that's that's the war in Ukraine and again like like covid this is a problem that is is not going to go away. We're going to be we're going to be living with this for a long time. And um Again, this kind of stokes fears about recession. And as I said, the US recorded a decline in GDP last month. And if we see a second consecutive month, then it's official we have a recession. And going back to China again as well, China's GDP is almost certainly going to fall as well because of these lockdowns, because of the, uh, the general slowdown in the world economy. And as I said before, because China makes pretty much everything, a slowdown means less demand for the goods it makes because people cut back on, on non-essential items. So they won't be buying, you know, so many iPhones or something, which I think are all made in, in China. So and uh, tons of other consumer goods as well. You know, th- those things are going to be very much uh, dispensable when, um, when people have to tighten their belts. So what this all means is that we are likely in for a period of what is called stagflation. So this is basically low or stagnant growth and high inflation. Okay. And this is a really nasty combo. This is, this is going to make life tough for so many people. And we haven't seen this since the 1970s. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So like,
5: are we going to go back to 1970s, 80s, sort of 17% interest
4: rates? Well, it's, people, are, people are wondering that. Yeah, people are wondering that. Interest rates have been low for such a long time that I think, you know, there's an argument to be made. It's like what what goes down must eventually go up again. You know, economies move in cycles. Mm. So it could be that everything that we're seeing is basically precipitating an era of of higher interest rates, Uh, whether we will get to kind of 1970s levels. Because that's how... um, uh, back in the nineteen seventies, when uh, when inflation was running hot, like you know, re- like du- well into double digits, um, Paul Volcker, who was then the chairman of the Federal Reserve, he uh, basically brought it down by by hiking interest rates, you know, really high. So I think I can't I can't remember the exact sort of rates, but I think we were seeing sort of around kind of twenty percent. And I remember if you talk to if you talk to our parents generation and things like that, you know, our generation tends to complain about how difficult it is to buy a house. And our parents generation will say, well, yeah, but okay, when we were able to buy a house, our mortgage payments were insane. Like, you know, you're paying like 20 percent, 20 percent on your on your mortgage. Whereas we if we're those of us, those of us who have actually been able to get a mortgage, our interest payments have been much much lower
5: it's yeah it's so back then paying rent was the easy option right now it's kind of ultimately
4: more expensive than a mortgage yeah in some places obviously well. yeah so yeah things are things are not looking good on that front as well so shall we take another quick break to digest all that and then we'll come back with a few a few things that are crypto specific that sure. are weighing on the markets that as well sounds- just 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 to round this off
0: I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a man. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
4: Okay, here we are folks back for part three, and I want to talk about yeah a few kind of more crypto specific things that that really aren't helping okay so obviously we're talking about why crypto markets are down it's impossible to really have this conversation at the moment without talking about the wider global situation and other other asset markets uh, but yeah the as I, as I said at the beginning, these kind of tumbles are especially bad in crypto, and yeah on today the today the tenth of May. It's not a pretty site. Now, over the past 24 hours, one of the things that the thing that's really spooked the crypto market is all around a decentralized stablecoin called UST. Now we have talked about stable coins before, and I, I was going to do a, a dedicated episode on them at some point, which we we will get to in the future. But uh, if you might remember, basically a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency that is pegged to the value of a of a national currency. And the vast, vast majority of them are all pegged to the US dollar. Now, there are lots of stablecoins on the market at the moment. And the biggest uh, is USDT, which is issued by a company called Tether, and USDC, which is issued by a company called Circle. Now... These are both uh, central, what are called centralized stablecoins. Tether and Circle control the issuance of these stablecoins. They control uh, the supply of them. They can um, they can restrict supply. So you know, if, if you were someone holding holding USDC, for example, and the US government uh, didn't like you, the US government could theoretically lean on Circle to restrict your access to that USDC. For this reason and others, for this centralization, for, because of this centralization, there's been a lot of concern around these, around these sorts of types of stablecoins. And over the past year or so, UST, which is a decentralized stablecoin and is issued by uh, a company called Terra, has become really, really popular. Yeah. Now, I just want to go in. I, this, this can get quite complex. So I'm going to keep it sort of fairly simple if I can. Thank you. That's, that's quite <laughs> all right. But I'm just going to talk about quickly how UST works. So, if you want to mint some UST, you need to burn an equivalent amount of Luna, which is the native token of the Terra network. Yeah. Okay. So, as a simple example, if one Luna is worth $10, if you burn that one Luna, you will get 10 UST. Okay? Now, UST can also be burned to mint an equivalent amount of Luna, an equivalent dollar amount of Luna. Now, what this does is create the economic incentive necessary for UST to maintain its peg to the US dollar. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. So if, for example, UST is trading at, uh, let's say, $1.50, then Luna holders can burn their Luna to mint UST and make a 50% profit. And eventually, if enough Luna holders do this, this process brings the peg back down to a dollar because the supply of UST has increased and it it balances out. Alternatively, if UST slips off its peg and is trading at 50 cents, then UST holders could burn their UST to mint Luna and basically double their money, make a 2x profit and this then reduces the amount of ust in circulation meaning it it climbs back up to its peg and it kind of it's kind of an equilibrium sort of situation yeah yeah so you've got this kind of minting and burning mechanism between ust and luna and base uh, and holders of both have an incentive to do so in order to keep ust on its peg now the problem is that with the market down for all the reasons that we've been talking about for the past half an hour or whatever, Luna's value has tanked along with along with the rest of the crypto market. And basically, this has caused holders of UST, of which I myself am one, I also hold Luna as well. It's basically caused a lot of UST holders to worry about UST slipping off its peg. So they've lost confidence in their UST and they've unloaded it. they've sold it you know they've maybe converted it into another stable coin or perhaps they've bought the dip or, or whatever now what this has meant is that more lunar has had to be minted and that's increased the supply of lunar and pushed down the price right. because obviously an increase in in supply but not an increase in demand means the price goes down now this is what is known as a, a death spiral basically okay. And this has really spooked the market. And what it's meant is that UST has slipped right off its peg. I went to bed last. I, I had an early night last night because I just could not look at the, at the charts anymore. And UST was slipping off its peg then. When I got up this morning, it was at 70 cents. It had lost 30% of its value. Okay so this has as i say this is really spooked the market because ust is big ust is the biggest decentralized stablecoin and it's also one of the biggest crypto still even off its peg it's still i believe let me just double check i mean it's comfortably in the top 20 it is yeah it's currently at number 10 on the charts in terms of market cap so it's it's a big big project and Basically, what the Luna Foundation, who, who coordinate this, you know, who coordinate Terra and uh, UST, um, the Lunar Foundation earlier this year bought a load of Bitcoin to further to kind of create a, a further reserve for UST. Now, this was this was interesting because this was kind of pumping the market a few weeks ago when they're really I mean, when all this other bad news that we've talked about was still, you know, even more current than it is now. And it would, Terra was seen to be very much propping up the market by buying all this Bitcoin. The opposite has now happened. Basically, Terra has had to sell all this Bitcoin in order to try and you know, provide liquidity for UST, in order to try and get UST back up onto its peg. And all this selling of Bitcoin has added further sell pressure to the market. Now, it hasn't been as bad as it could have been. It's basically been sold over the counter. Okay, to the, so it's not th- as... Yeah, it be, uh, over-the-counter trades don't tend to move the market so much, but at the same time, I think it's safe to say that probably some of it is being sold uh, at spot prices, and also, like the market knows, you know, we, we can see on chain that this uh, that this BTC, this Bitcoin, has been unloaded. So, it's terror, and this whole business with UST has basically made what is already a bad situation worse. much, much worse. Yeah. And as we speak now, this could this could change. And I mean, it's changing by the hour, really changing by the minute almost. But at the moment, what we're seeing is various VCs who who back up Terra. They are having to inject billions to try and keep this whole project afloat, try and get UST back up to its peg. So there's that. That's that. I think at, at the moment, that's great timing. It really is, yeah. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? When things are bad, and and actually, you know, when the, when the market and because Bitcoin was dipping, because the market as a whole was dipping, as I said, this caused the value of Luna to plunge, and this this affected UST as well. I mean, these things. Bad news always comes in threes, doesn't mm. it? Really? I mean, it could be a good time to get involved. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll talk if about- you've got a little bit of money
5: that you don't need for heating your pasta. Yeah, it could be in a month. Look at the markets and make your own decision. Do your own research.
4: We'll talk about that in just a moment. I think I want to consider a couple of other uh, crypto specific factors before people start kind of, you know, making up their minds or, or or just going going back to bed to hide under the duvet now. I think it's fair to say. Now, already we're seeing kind of uh, – th- there's a lot of questions around the regulation of crypto. And these are starting to get kind of louder at the moment. And this this volatility, all this business we're seeing with Terra and UST, I think this is going to increase calls for regulations. Now, we've seen the, the, the SEC, the good old Securities Exchange Commission, it's recently announced that it's expanding its crypto division. It's basically getting more people on board to – uh, you know, to try and regulate uh, the crypto space. And I think this means it's going to have you know, more personnel, more resources to come after crypto projects in the future. So we are staring down the barrel of, of further regulations. Now, I don't think That's bad. sensible regulation is n- in the future is necessarily a bad thing. In fact I think some sensible regulation is necessary in order to in order to restore people's confidence in the crypto markets especially the confidence of institutions and things like that The worry is that bodies like the SEC have shown that Overreach. they yeah they, they yeah they've very much overreached themselves they've shown that I think in a lot of cases they don't really understand crypto and we've seen a lot of a lot of nonsense being talked around Washington and things like that about, you know, overly harsh regulations, which if they are put into force, and I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but there's certain people are proposing them that could really damage the crypto industry. So this is all very speculative. It's going to play out over the next few months and years. uh, But the crypto industry is kind of staring down the barrel of regulation at some point in the future. This again is not going to be helping with confidence at this particular moment. And I think Stablecoins have been kind of in the regulatory crosshairs on and off for a while and there's been speculation recently that actually US authorities probably it's in their interest to support stablecoins because because they're all denominated to the US dollar this kind of increases the the yeah. strength of the dollar overseas if yeah. everyone's trading them so um, but I think this business with UST, unless it's unless it's resolved, and even perhaps in spite of that, I think we could see more regulations coming around stablecoins in the future as well. So that's yeah, that's not always bad though, is it? Because there's our questions about how
5: they like stablecoins. Where what what is it backed by?
4: Yeah, and and th- and those questions are particular have been particularly yeah. pertinent around USDT uh, because this this one issued by Tether. Um, and I noticed yesterday, tether just sort of created a whole load more USDT, but no one knows where it got the money to do that. So yeah, there's there's going to be we're going to be hearing a lot more about stablecoins from regulators in, in the in the near future. A couple of other things worth mentioning, uh, which again are a result basically of the downturn, but they make it worse. A lot of crypto miners are capitulating as well, basically selling Energy off. Costs. Their, yeah. Yeah, energy costs as well are really hurting them. And the fact that the value of their holdings is going down, they're having to also sell off a lot of crypto, you know, a lot of Bitcoin and things like that in order to stay afloat, in order to fund their operations. This obviously adds further sell pressure to the market. And one other thing I want to mention, now this happens every single time the crypto market takes a dip and it's really, really frustrating, but basically liquidations. So anyone who was long... On Bitcoin, for instance, anyone who thought that the price of of Bitcoin was going to go up and had put a leverage trade on that, basically traded with money they didn't have to uh, try and increase their profits, uh, their positions have been wiped out. And what this means is that the crypto they put up as collateral basically gets sold. And that adds yet more sell pressure to the market. This happens every single time. You see people who have gone long, traded with leverage, basically getting wiped out. Mm. And, yeah, it makes a bad situation worse again. So those are, I think, just, well, they're just a few of the reasons why we're in this situation at the moment. And those are the main ones. I think there are lots of other factors that you consider, you can consider. But that's kind of where we are as we as we stand. Now, um as i said we will try and get this podcast out very very quickly so it's kind of you know it's relevant but i am sure the situation is going to change Uh, in the next few days we're going to see we're going to see a lot of adjustment we're going to see a lot more volatility i'm i'm going to put it out there and say i can't see things getting an awful lot better i think if ust can get back on its peg that may increase confidence a little bit in the market but we, I think confidence in UST has been damaged an awful lot. So we might see more people dumping their holdings either into other stablecoins again or into other cryptos or maybe just cashing out into, into US dollars or, or you know, their national currencies or whatever. So I don't see this situation getting better anytime soon. I'm afraid. And I said this the other day, Uh, I was chatting with uh, Rob from Digital Asset News at our Coin Bureau conference, which happened last weekend. And we were having a chat on stage about the state of the markets. And we both said like, "Um, yeah, we can't really give you any kind of hopium at the moment. (laughs) You know, there's not an awful lot of positivity out there. So perhaps people are, people out there listening are thinking, well, what the heck can i do what do i do in a situation like this well i would start off by saying there's probably not an awful lot you can do which isn't a perhaps the answer that a lot of people are looking but for but also that's quite comforting in fact
5: that like it's <laughs> the decision is out of your hands yeah you need to just look uh, if if it's if it's not as dire as, you know, you've, you've, you're in a liquidations position where you've, you've, you've basically gambled on it, mm-hmm. just sit
4: tight. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's very true. There, there is this kind of certain uh, calming effect from that, isn't there? Knowing that there's nothing you can do. It's like, well, yeah, just sit tight. Hodl, yeah. in other words. And I think a lot of people listening will have probably no other choice than to do that. Um, again. None of this is financial advice. Uh, I think it's also very important to to kind of stay calm because this is crypto. We have seen these sorts of – we have seen worse times. massive this. swings. These massive swings. This, these are common in the crypto markets. And I wonder if perhaps you can – crypto holders themselves can kind of take heart from the fact that this is not a – problem that's specific to crypto the whole economy the whole global economy all asset markets are suffering to a greater or lesser degree so crypto is not dying okay it's not going it's not all going to go to zero we have got difficult months ahead of us but it is important to to kind of look long term and i truly believe that crypto will like the other asset markets out there will weather this storm now it's also a case so of. So we're
5: not going to go Mad Max in by Christmas.
4: I don't think so. Okay. But if we are if we are eating lizards and driving around a radioactive desert in six months' time, then I give you I give you full permission to say I told you so. Yes. And yeah. And uh, and boot me out of your souped up <laughs> souped up DeLorean. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I guess a lot of people now sort of wondering, perhaps, you know, perhaps if they're in profit on their crypto, wondering whether they should sell or hold. I mean, it's all about priorities at the moment. You know, what are your what are your investment priorities? Um, and, yeah, if you want financial advice, speak to a financial Speak advisor. to Mad uh, Mike
5: Mooch. Speak to Mad I Mike Mooch. Where I give very, very impartial, Herald. free, impartial, uh, is, could you call it advice? It's uh,
4: more ranting. Yeah. It's more sort of incoherent rambling. Yes. Yeah. I am um, yes I think that's another good bit of advice that I can give everyone is <laughs> don't don't go to mad like mike mooch. mooch don't don't ask mooch what to do uh, yeah so this is yeah this is a difficult time but I think staying calm and just uh, I often say like at times like this looking at your portfolio can be such a horrible experience the best thing is to just not look at it
5: I uh, I'm listening to a great audiobook uh called Soul for Happy Soul for happy. Solve for happy. Okay. And um, it's, it's basically about how you can train your mind to be happy. And okay. one of the bits is, is kind of like the, you, the brain automatically, it, we're conditioned to sort of revisit trauma. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know how you're in the shower and you start screaming because you said something awkward to a girl in, uh, in high school or something like that. And you just revisit yeah. that trauma. Yeah. That's what you're doing. When you're just constantly looking at your portfolio, okay. So yeah.
4: that makes sense.
5: Delete the app for a bit. Mm-hmm. Put it out of your mind. Go for a walk. Yeah. And and you know focus on something else that and and try to force not not revisit that trauma because it's not going to do any good.
4: Yeah, absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. It's um you we know at the moment that if we take a look at CoinGecko or we take a look at our portfolio. We're not going to get much in the way of good news, so don't. Yeah, know? the markets are, as I say. Do, do
5: listen to this podcast. Every do listen week. to
4: this podcast. <laughs> this is absolutely vital. Like, yes, you know, don't don't go out for a lovely walk in the woods without without, without listening to us. Yeah. yeah, but just don't look at the the app. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They keep listening. That's so. Uh, that's our final bit of advice: is keep listening to the Coin Bureau podcast. Yes, and that'll get you through. That,
5: yeah, and and, and hey, maybe we'll just won't talk about it. Maybe we'll just talk about something else.
4: Yeah, I think yeah. Ne- Puppies
5: and, uh, and 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 condi- cotton candy.
4: Do a special episode on on, on all the nice things in yes. life. Yeah. Okay, that's a good idea. All right. I'll Not see. I'll <laughs> <laughs> see. My final bit of advice, I should say, is. Uh, m- referencing what i said earlier is if you are going to trade if you are going to go out into the markets then please folks don't trade with leverage don't trade with money you don't already have it is it is a path to it is a path to ruin so please don't do it so mike do you want to do you want to close us up with some words of encouragement no no <laughs>
5: No that's it Sorry, think, yeah listen listen <laughs> look this it, it this has been a bit of a doomy, gloomy thing, yeah, you've got something in your life that is uh, is is going to bring you joy, focus on that for for the next week until you listen to us again
4: good idea, go out and enjoy the spring, yeah, it's spring in a lot of places, isn't it so there we are, folks. We've, uh, yeah, there's a there's a, an explanation as to why things are as they are at the moment. Um, and some words of advice, non-financial, and perhaps yep. even non-useful. <laughs> from, <laughs> Definitely. From Mike and myself. Um, but stay strong, folks. We're all in this. Yeah, we're all in this together. If
5: there's not much we can do about it, just
4: mm-hmm. do something else. Yeah. If you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain. Mm. See you all very soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Coin Bureau podcast. If you'd like to learn more about cryptocurrency, you can visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Coin Bureau. You can also go to CoinBureau.com for loads more information about all things crypto. You can follow me on Twitter at at CoinBureau, all one word. And I'm also active on TikTok and Instagram as well.
5: Uh, First of all, it's not thank you for listening. You're welcome for great content. Yeah, like this is free. And they're learning about a fairly great topic in a non-boring way. If you'd like to visit me and hear more about me, go to Moochabout, M-O-O-C-H-A-B-O-U-T, or else.
4: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coin Bureau Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio.